On this episode of War No Damn, experts Rebecca and Madi have the Good Idea Ferry in the studio, and he's going to tell us all about how to float the White Cliffs. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. And I'm Maricela Hazard. And we're No Damn Experts. Today in the podcast studio, we have the original idea fairy. The the original good idea fairy. Here we go. Or maybe we shouldn't put good on that because I get frustrated. (laughs) Sometimes it's just an idea fairy. Because I don't want to do the work. Yes. Yeah, she is, uh, Maddie is usually the brunt of every idea that this person comes up with. And um, the owner of the place where we had a Maddie be the sponsored athlete in a (laughs) rock climbing competition. I couldn't squeeze toothpaste for four days. (laughs) She did it wrong. You know, other athletes didn't have that issue. And, and someone who regularly floats the White Cliffs of the Missouri, which is one of my bucket list things that I've not done. So in the studio today with us, Brian Thompson from Highline Climbing. Hi, happy to be here. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we say that lovingly, that you're the idea fairy. It's not good because sometimes I'm busy and you're like... <laughs> You know what we should do? We should record fire crackling because my family has, a f- we don't have a fireplace. And during the holidays, we look this up. You should do this for, for Great Falls. And I'm like, that's an awesome idea. <laughs> I have to get the content though. And then I'm asking Dwayne Vishai, the living, or the living, the interpretive center. And he's like, it's really windy out here. <laughs> he did a lot of the work, recorded it. Camera fell over. It was so windy. Um, and but then, we have it. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen it, actually. I, I know well, you told me about it, but I forgot to look know, it up. You know, it's not the time of year yet that you're going to search for That's it. Right. So. It no, was look. available during the holidays. And then we used Joel Corda, <laughs> the original music mastermind for the podcast and, you know, other projects in Great Falls. He, we used his song, um, over playing by the fire too so if oh. you didn't want to hear listen to the crackling in the wind whip your cheek <laughs> it was Joel well next next uh, December there I'll be sure go. to look that up I'll reshare it obviously <laughs> I'm not going to redo it um, yeah. but Brian I think we should do a new one every year no you can do a new one every year how about that how about that Brian I'm going to source this out to um, the owner of the Highline Climbing Center so we mentioned that it's in downtown on First Avenue South it's right between um, is it between, or is it before Keller guys? Because um, it's a one way. So it's after O'Hare it's, Motor and Sip and Dip on your way down to Keller guys and yep. the Celtic Cowboy. Yep. Fairly easy to see. It is because you have one of the coolest things on the side of your building. Well, two of the coolest things on the side of your building. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> a mural. You have a mural, oh, and yeah, then you have a... the people climbing on the side, a picture of the people yeah. climbing. Yeah, that was uh, NeighborWorks Great Falls um, came up with the idea for the mural and asked us if we'd be a part of it, which, of course. I mean, why not? 
Um, and so they painted a gigantic uh, metal lark on the side of our building. And it looks really cool. Which is the state bird. For those of you who did not know, we have a state bird. That was mm-hmm. me. I didn't know. <laughs> um, we are redoing our visitor guide. And the metal lark is now included on a map of where you can find the murals in downtown cool. area. But what also is in the visitor guide is the Chinese wall, one of the seven natural figures you can see from space. Yep. We have a, what, it's from Kelly Aline? Yep. We had Kelly in. She used to be a firefighter in the Forest Service. And she was stationed up there for a while while she was telling us about the Chinese wall. And then we have these call-outs throughout the visitor guide that's like, if you want more information about X, call these people. And so we didn't have enough content to just do, like, rock climbing in the wild yeah (laughs) so just randomly in the story about the chinese wall we've got a little sticker that has you and abby climbing (laughs) if you want to learn more about rock climbing go to highline climbing and talk to these people oh yeah because we know nothing nothing (laughs) and i'm not gonna do it i'm sorry i saw a seinfeld episode and it didn't end up well for one guy yeah well, um, it ends up good for some people who does. rock climb. It does. You know, so I did the route at Highline Climbing Center. Like I said, couldn't use toothpaste after. I know I wasn't supposed to lean out, keep my hips close to the wall. <laughs> I eventually did the route that the third, well, how old was she? Nine? He <laughs> taught me how to do. Um, it's really fun. And we want our friends to still go there and try it out because they claim they're strong. But I'm like, are those show muscles or are you going to do something with them? Because... Oh, yeah, a little mini competition. Not a bad idea. That's, yeah. It's really difficult. It's not one of those things like... Did you fall off the wall on your back onto one of the pads? No, but I oh. did um, I'm, I did not know how to get down. <laughs> it got stuck up there. <laughs> it's not that tall of a wall. Yeah. You had great focus, though. I mean, you were focused on the end goal. So. <laughs> there was other people there, and they're, like, jumping up on the wall. The spider yeah. monkey jumps. Yeah. The Brian, one of them. Uh there was another gentleman there who's like, thank goodness I have TRICARE because <laughs> you mean you're not really going to get hurt. The people that aren't paying attention and walking below you when you backflop onto it yeah. could. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It's actually pretty safe, too. I mean, there was a, a study out of Germany that showed that rock climbing has fewer injuries than ping pong. So Oh, I can um, see that. And it's certain types of rock climbing, indoor climbing in particular. But, yeah, it's actually fairly safe. But it feels dangerous, which is part of the fun. Yeah. So what is the big difference between indoor climbing and actually climbing a rock? Because you do both. Yeah, there's quite a few differences. Um, Indoor, you kind of know where you're going. You can always see where the end goal is and each hold along the way. Um, The safety apparatuses are actually a lot, obviously a lot better indoors than, than outdoor um, you don't have to worry about stuff falling off the cliff and hitting you on the head and stuff, you know. Um, minor issue. Minor issues, yeah. <laughs> that could be a feature added. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we could add that. <laughs> uh, just add a little shelf and Rebecca and I will sit up there and <laughs> drop throw stuff. stuff <laughs> yeah. That would pretty be entertaining, fun. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's obviously a lot safer. Um, physically, though, it's, it's very similar. Um, in general, indoors, we try to make um, at least our type of climate a little harder so it's more entertaining. Um, so it stays entertaining for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, indoors is just another fun way to climb. It's not like there's one better or worse. When you're outdoors, do you map out in your head where you're going though? Like you, you Mm. should know where you're going to, your next 
Yeah. Like, so well, either you have climbed there before with somebody who knows it, or you, you purchase a guide or look it up online. So you have an idea of where to start and where to finish. And then everything in between is kind of standard between different routes. Um, okay. You know what to expect in some ways, but the rest is a mystery. And that's part of the fun of, of climbing outdoors is uh, the adventure of it. You know, it's going to be difficult, but you don't know what to expect. So it's a little bit of uh, puzzle solving and a little bit of physical and a little bit hmm. of adventure. What's the highest thing you've climbed outside? <laughs> Rock. Um, <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tree. <laughs> um, well, the highest thing. So we don't always go for height. Um, height is just part of it. It's usually the route itself. So if the route is of a difficulty that makes it entertaining for a long distance, we'll climb for a long ways and just have a great time. Um, there's definitely been some tall things I've climbed that were not very much fun. So <laughs> um, just because either the rock was loose, which, you know, stuff falling on your head again, um, or falling on your, your friend's heads, um, those kind of things make it really stressful instead of just really enjoyable. Have you taken anyone out with you rock climbing that is an amateur or was their first time? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's actually did, one of my favorite things to do. Did you try to kill them? We had <laughs> no. a... Oh. They always feel like you are, but... You know. Well, we had a guest on, Roland, who went kayaking in the sluice boxes and his friends are seasoned spring runoff. You know? They did spring yeah. runoff starting at Logging Creek. Yeah. And the story he tells is amazing. If you... Listeners, if you haven't heard it, it is a pretty fun episode. And then again, Roland tells a tale of about a gentleman and his pet that he met that may or may not be true. It's a lion. <laughs> he saw a lion. A, a, a real, not like a mountain lion. He, no, <laughs> like an African lion. Oh, wow. I know. Do you believe him? So, Stranger things could happen, right? <laughs> I know. So what I'm saying is, are you the same people that Roland went out with? Are you that same type of person where you're like, coming out rock climbing with me, it's going to be easy. Yeah, no. fun. You know, when I was in my, my um, 20s, you know, college age and stuff, yeah, we do that stuff to our friends all the time. You know, they would climb up and they'd get scared or something. They'd want to be let down and... And we just wouldn't let them down until they <laughs> tried to go to the top. So, yeah, we were kind of uh, jerks about that stuff. Um, now, but now that you've aged and matured, yeah, now oh, not he's so aged, much. Not yeah. matured though. I, I realize like if you want people to continue to come out climbing, you have to be nice to them. <laughs> you so. have to let them down. Yeah. yeah. Hey, there's a life lesson. If you want people to continue to hang out with you, yeah, be nice to them. So maybe I'll just hint on a recent post that you had on social media. <laughs> She's not here with us, but Abby, Tom and your wife right she's a rock climber too part, yes. one of the owners mm -hmm. and you guys climb together yeah all the time so were you how did you guys meet did you meet on the rocks climbing <laughs> and your paths intercrossed and like no oh, that would be romantic no. say yes <laughs> actually the the first time it's it's funnier than that first time we met was in the the dorms in uh, bozeman montana and um, I don't remember her. She doesn't remember me. So we met there. There was a picture of us together in this group. And I don't even know why I was in that group photo. Um, but I think it was a year later, we actually ended up meeting again and then just hit it off. But no, it wasn't like a storybook thing. Well, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, there's, there's people that get married and they look at their um, childhood memory albums. Mm -hmm. And this one woman who was taking a picture at a beach, the kid playing behind her is her future husband. Yeah. Stra like you said, stranger things have happened. Yeah. That is so true. So Could have been a line in there somewhere. <laughs> so you and Abby are rock climbing fanatics. Are you competitive with each other? Who's better? 
Uh, no, um, we're not competitive. I, I always like to say my, my wife has a strong sense of self-preservation. So she always, she's a very good climber. Um, she tries to keep her, um, her risk level low though while she's climbing. So she always makes sure she can do everything <laughs> before she goes up. Oh, okay. Um, I don't try to push her too much, but she is one of the few people I will kind of, uh, hackle a little bit on okay. the wall just right. because I know she's better than she she, I, yeah, I have a false sense of confidence about a lot of things. I'm like, I could definitely do this. And then halfway <laughs> through, I'm like, you can't, but you said you would. So just keep trying. Keep going. Yeah. You're going to disappoint a lot of people, which is only yourself. But um. Yeah, really. <laughs> the most important person. <laughs> Similar to that. My husband said he was in a canoe one time when he was eight years old. And he's convinced he can still do canoeing today. And I'm like, things have changed in your body. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's going to be a little bit different to get out on a canoe. Because yeah. one of the big things he wants to do is buy a canoe and everything we need in order to do the White Cliffs float. Right. Um, we were actually visiting with some friends this weekend. She's like, how long does it take? And I'm like, I don't know, three days, <laughs> five days, seven days. I think you make it as long as you want to. Yeah. Um, but you guys do it as an annual trip and as a family, correct? Yeah, we do. Well, I actually have a theory about canoes. I, I think canoes are everybody's first boat, um, most people's last boat. And it's that thing that sits in your yard for 20 years unused. <laughs> um, and I, I do love canoes. Um, I love getting in them. But we actually raft the White Cliffs. Um, okay. We bought a raft three or four years ago, and we just go out, you know, probably five or six times a, um, a year doing trips on that. And we've done all the rivers around Great Falls locally from the, you know, the Dearborn, Missouri. So um, let's pretend that someone hasn't been on a raft on a river, and right. they only are flooded with the Instagram mm. um, Pretties. pretty rafts that are unicorns right. or a rainbow or, <laughs> you know, a mock golf cart. Yeah. So what what is a raft like car? Yeah. yeah. So when I think of a raft, I, I think of those things as like pool toys that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay. But the raft you use, what's the size? How many people can you fit on it? Okay. Yeah. We have a 14 foot NRS raft. Um, it's a whitewater raft. So you can do flat water if you want, not lakes and stuff, mind you, like rafts are horrible once the wind blows and you're on flat water, okay. um, which the white cliffs can be like that occasionally. Um, this last trip we took down was actually a, quite a, um, it was a feat. It was an adventure. <laughs> um, but we usually try to do is we take these rafts that are capable of doing white water, which means they don't flip, you know. I mean, oh, you, you can okay. flip them on heavy white water if you're, you know, doing certain things. But um, we've got kids, and so we don't do that. Um, <laughs> you don't hackle the kids. Yeah, it's advised. Come on, not put your that. helmets on. <laughs> Paddle. Paddle, we're going in. <laughs> Brian, it's eight years old. Or... <laughs> Swim through your lives. <laughs> no, we don't do anything like that. Um, so we always try to plan our trip on the White Cliffs for when the water is flowing the fastest. And that way we get that extra push because um, the rafts are slow. If you're on a canoe, like, you know, if you were to get a canoe, there's places in town you can rent them for the White Cliffs. I'm still just waiting for someone to deliver a canoe to this parking lot that they're not using because everyone <laughs> tells me. Jolene and Matt's have them. Yeah, they're not delivering them to my parking lot yet. And Tell no Rob. questions asked. I'll know what it's for. I'll load it up yeah. and take it home. Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, everybody has canoes they aren't using. So, I mean, you can totally get one. Our friends got one for free. These folks bought it like three years ago, never used it, and just gave it to them. So, I need those people in my life. <laughs> yeah. So, you have this whitewater raft ability. Right. You have yourself, Abby, and two kids. Two kids, yeah. We've got. Uh, Walter, he's three and a half, and uh, Hazel, who's nine months old now. 
So Hazel's not going to swim for it. You're not going to. Not going to swim. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. She's just going to pop. And, it, and, and you just bring all your supplies with you, and yeah, yeah, we pack it in there. It's it's a lot like uh, with a raft. It's a lot like car camping because you can bring almost anything you want. The the oh. the river, the boat carries all the load. Um, you're basically just steering it with the current. So you're using your oars to steer it. Oh. And we've got we're if you've seen them before, they're. In pictures, it's the type where there's two long oars that stick out. Um, it's not everybody with a paddle. So there's one person steering, driving the boat, and everybody else is kind of just pleasure cruising, taking in the views. Are you uh, the one with the oar? Uh, usually, yeah, yeah. I yeah. like it. You know, it's the the working part of it. So if it's a a committing stream, like the Dearborn's a really fun float on a raft because it's got lots of turns. Um, okay. It's not white water, um, but it you have to constantly be move, maneuvering the raft, otherwise you'll end up on the bank and just kind of bouncing down the stream. So. <laughs> How wi- You said it's 14 feet long. How wide is it? Oh, let's see. So 14 feet long. I think it's like six and a half um, oh, feet that's, wide. It's pretty pretty big. Oh, yeah. You can walk around on it and stuff. Um, when we load it up with gear, it feels it feels small. But if you like empty it out and just you know sit on the land on it, it feels pretty pretty big. Can you put um, overhead on it, shade protection? We do, actually, yeah. We oh. brought a, it's a, an adaption from a speedboat. Um I think they call it uh, a canopy or something like that. But, yeah, we attach that to it, and we always get comments on it because there's not many rafts doing that, but it's so nice. (laughs) Like, we were floating the Blackfoot, uh, was it two weeks ago, I think it was, and it was, like, 90 degrees. And you're in the river, so it feels good, but that shade, it was just amazing. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to think of how can I make a raft a pontoon, and so I would need the canopy. Put a motor on it. (laughs) Put on a lake. My husband can do the work. I'll be the leisure I'd be a fairy. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got your coolers and your cold drinks. and. Do you ever bring dogs with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, we used to have a dog, and she always used to go on the raft with us and stuff. Um, and then uh, we have friends who have dogs, yeah. Okay. A lot of them actually have two dogs. So I mean, Yeah, not... we, we have two dogs. We mm-hmm. went to Holter Lake, did the scenic drive down there on the 15th South, which is just, you know, obviously gorgeous. And it was one of my dogs' first time on a boat on mm-hmm. a lake. And we're like, I'm keeping this one on a leash. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't trust him. And as soon as the boat stopped, jumps in the water. I'm like, oh, so I guess Tony can swim. (laughs) But he realized we were too far from shore. He turned around back to Mark. Mark got him in. But um, my daughter, who's, you know, three, is like, oh, my goodness, Tony. She started to cry. But when he came back, then she was laughing like, oh, he can swim. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think of this selfishly for myself, if I can fit. My husband, my daughter, two dogs, myself, the coolers, the canopy, yeah. but no motor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they make uh, all sorts of setups for these things. It's just like any other sport. Like, there's all sorts of gadgets you can buy. Yeah, oh, The buying part, yeah. that's weird. Our dog used to jump off in the on the Blackfoot in the white water sections. For whatever reason, she didn't like it. She We'd get close enough to shore, and she'd just launch into the waves. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how long does the White Cliffs take you? Um, we try to do it in five days. Um, that's more like our uh, plan. You could do it in, you could probably do it in three if you wanted to kind of push your way through it or just like let the river carry you faster. But we actually do a layover day too. So one day we'll just camp out and just hang out, not have oh. to do anything that day. Where do you put in? Where do you pull out? We put in, so there's a bunch of sections to the to the White Cliffs. The most popular one, actually, I shouldn't say that. The Breaks has a bunch of sections. Um, White Cliffs is one particular section. Um, we put in at Coal Banks uh, Boat Launch, and we take out at Judith Landing. Okay. Um, it's about, what is it? It's 
not quite 50 miles or so. I kind of forget the mileage on it. So let's talk about the logistics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how do you do that? You send somebody walking back when you land at you got fifty miles ultra marathon. (laughs) No, no. There's there are companies out there that do shuttles. So they'll you 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 post up with a boat launch, get all your gear out, you put it on the river, you leave a key for um, the shuttle drivers. Yeah, or you you drop it off of their office. They come and pick your car up and they bring it down to where you're going to get out of the river. And so when you leave your car and five days later you show up at the takeout your car should be there (laughs) if you've found a a, a reputable business and if not yeah you're just you you paddle the other direction (laughs) (laughs) hope your car is still there okay i'm seeing some business opportunities you could get like a yeah okay good steel cars you know, then you could. Uh, They're gonna say so you could open a shuttle driving business. <laughs> you go that way too. What are the key essential things I need to bring with me on my float trip besides sunscreen? Um, <laughs> lots well, of sunscreen. Yeah, lots of sunscreen. Uh, bug spray. This is Montana, so we bring layers of stuff. You know, you've got. Uh, we'll start off in our our swimsuits, you know, and then you have like a, a layer of warm clothes over the top of that. Usually, like a long underwear, you know. Yep. And uh, you know, depending on what the the weather gives you, raincoats are are almost essential because they act as a windbreaker as well. And if you have any light layers of of clothes underneath your windbreaker, it's like you're you're just super toasty. So, okay. um, yeah, just be prepared for anything really. Um, the White Cliffs has thrown a, a whole bunch of conditions at us, you know, from. One day it's 90 degrees and, and just beautiful blue skies, and the next day it's howling wind and, and hail and stuff. So it can be pretty variable. But the, the atmosphere around a river trip is really just light and happy. You know, like this last trip we had, um, I think it was a storm that started around Great Falls and ended up heading west towards Lewistown, and it started dropping like golf ball-sized hail and damaging ho- homes and cars and stuff. And we caught the front end of that, and it was like trying to push the tents down and stuff. But... People were still outside just hunkering behind a tree, drinking cocktails, and just watching the storm roll through. And um, it, it wasn't bad at all. Like, people were like, holy cow, you guys were out there. Are you okay? And we're like, I didn't really notice that much. You know? <laughs> I because like the cocktails. But people, exactly. Yeah, that's a big part of it. <laughs> there's a storm. Don't go near the tree. <laughs> just going to learn some, tell something I learned when I was 10. <laughs> you know, lay in a low yeah. ditch. There um, aren't a lot of trees. So ironically, all of our campsites are in the trees. So you're, if you're in your tent, you're under a tree most likely. I, when we do the river, we go down uh, beginning of May for paddlefish season down at uh-huh. the Fred Robinson Bridge. And every time it storms, we get out of the boat and go stand under a tree. So... <laughs> You know what? If I don't come back, I guess now we know why. It's, you're we, need the dice. Some, <laughs> we need to hold some safety training. How to yeah. not die in a storm. Yeah, it might be a good podcast episode. Yeah. No, it's going to be common sense. You guys remember when you were 10, your teacher put in the VHS? If the kids nowadays, they I watch I grew YouTube. up in eastern Montana. There were no trees. We didn't worry about this at all. You were the tree. <laughs> but people visit from all over. We're not yeah. all from eastern Montana. Goodness, guys. Okay. I need the buck. So you are going to, let's see, bring pre-packaged food. Are you doing campfires, propane tanks? Yeah. Yeah, we do. So we don't usually do campfires that much because there's not a lot of wood on the White Cliffs, and, and we just don't want to take that space up hauling wood down so you don't want to take wood where you don't get it by the right. way right don't yeah, that's true of, yeah don't move firewood yeah that's exactly what said <laughs> so we um so if we find wood along the river yeah we'll, we'll start a little fire and just okay. kind of use that for you know 
uh, campfire. Our, okay. We'll take a video next time. <laughs> so <laughs> please do. Yeah. So um, we usually bring. Uh, we have a, a propane burning stove, and so we'll cook stuff. A lot of times we'll pre-cook the meals. Like actually, this weekend I'm going on a trip and. I'm uh, slow cooking some pork shoulder, so we'll have like pulled pork oh. sandwiches and stuff for dinner. So you can do that. You freeze it, and then that, that food becomes your ice in your cooler, too. So, um, well, yeah. that's a pro tip. Yeah, that's a pro tip there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> for the safety precautions, what is the stupid, not, I shouldn't say, what are some questionable activities you have seen on float trips where you're like, you probably shouldn't do that, besides standing under trees? <laughs> Oh, on any float trip or the White Cliffs in particular? Yeah, anyone, but, you know, it can be applicable to the White Cliffs. But we're just trying Gosh. to let people know that are visiting and that want to mm-hmm. do this. Some common yeah. sense things that people, to them it's not common sense because they don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing is any any body of water is dangerous. And, and rivers in particular are very dangerous because of the, the current. So when you get something that's you know, inherently dangerous and then you get people who are just kind of pleasure cruising and drinking booze, you, know, yeah. you end up getting some, some dumb things happen there. Like people trying to swim in the water, like swim across. And the Missouri is actually pretty wide by the time you're down there. It's, it's yeah. a substantial distance to go across. And, um, you know, sometimes these, a lot of these are, are relayed stories because we're going down with people who have kids. And so we're not going pretty hard on our, our party and stuff like that. <laughs> We've still got stuff to do maybe in the middle of the night. So, <laughs> so we, we don't go too hard with our partying, but a lot of times it's alcohol fueled, you know? Okay. Um, so just be wary of that. Um, the most dangerous things we've possibly seen are people jumping off cliffs into water they think is deep enough and oh. bouncing back up and saying, well, not deep enough. <laughs> So that's oh a that's a quick way to get injured, um, but then again, like any kind of cliffs you're scrambling on. As a rock climber, I know you know these things can be really dangerous. Um, but on the white cliffs, this last trip it was the snakes that were were bad. Um, for some reason, it was very very warm. Usually, it's a little bit colder. Um, water levels were a little bit lower too. So it was like it was like we were going late season. Okay. And uh, there were snakes in every campsite. So. That was that was a little bit unnerving because we had dogs and kids around, and so we were on kind of high alert the whole time looking for. Did you bring your snake spray? <laughs> yeah, snake spray. No. Our family calls them. You gotta wear your snake stomping boots. Okay. So we did a hike at sluice boxes, and my husband wore his military socks that are fairly high on your leg mm-hmm. with his hiking boots, but then he folded them down on top. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, you look like an idiot doing that. <laughs> he says, going to keep the bugs out. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's a smart safety pro tip, like footwear to do and how to maneuver your socks to add extra layers. But man, I was like, please don't let that be in the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so st- snake stomping boots and, and snake spray, because does snake spray exist? I'm just, no, no. no. that would bear. You made work. that up. Okay. No. <laughs> it's not the first and it won't be the last. No. <laughs> um. Speaking of things you need, uh, we sent you with a camera two years ago so that we could get White Cliff photos since... I think I brought that back, actually. Yeah, you did. <laughs> last year. Yeah, it was last year. 2020? I didn't work here two years ago. Oh. Yeah. It was last year. <laughs> you did bring it back. We love the photos. Okay, good. And we use them. So if you see pictures of the White Cliffs, it's possibly Brian and Abby's pictures. Right. A lot. Uh, the photos that you <laughs> did on the hike, so probably your layover day, uh-huh. and like someone's touching the rocks and you're between the, oh, yeah. the cliffs. Awesome photo. Like one of our yeah, favorites. Yeah, definitely. The light was beautiful and i'm just gonna say it 
A lot of what you brought back so we could live vicariously through you looked like you were in a national park in Utah. Yeah. But you weren't. I, I think, uh, you know, the first year we decided to do the White Cliffs, we were we had a lot of rafting friends who were like, oh, I don't know, kind of slow water, brown water, you know, the usual kind of disdain for the lower Missouri. But we actually liked it better than most of the floats we had done other places because it felt like you were in the middle of nowhere. Um, if The actuality of it is, like, every campsite you're at, there's a farm up above you on the bluffs, not more than, say, a mile or two away. So you're surrounded by kind of dispersed humanity, right? The real rural wheat farming mm-hmm. communities. But you don't see planes. You don't hear cars. It is like a real nature experience. Um, and you we, ruined it by taking a camera with you. Exactly. <laughs> and now I'm telling people about it. So <laughs> there's, there's going to be people that just hate me. Exactly. <laughs> just it's like been... hunting when I say, oh, I'd love to share this picture, honey. And he's like, no, people will know where I hunt. And I'm like... <laughs> I've seen the picture, Robert. No idea where it is. <laughs> yeah, right. It's still a beautiful image. I know that tree. <laughs> <laughs> I stand under that during a storm. <laughs> yeah. You guys did some paddle boarding on your trip too, right? We did, yeah. So you just put that in the raft or you had a designated paddle boardist? Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> Each day. That was Abby's father. So that was my father-in-law. He, oh my gosh. Yeah, so he, he had a little chair actually put on the paddle board so he could sit because you don't want to stand for hours on end. But yeah, he had a little cooler. He would like kind of hang so out. So he on the used that the entire trip? He did, yeah. That was his, that was his vehicle. I was joking. Yeah. No, he could get on the raft if he wanted to, but it was calm weather. <laughs> but we kicked him out. <laughs> we wouldn't let him, yeah. No, he was, he was having so much fun because he was going back and forth from shoreline to shoreline, checking things out. Um, he always had like a, a beer between his legs, you know, sitting on the paddle board and he had snacks and he'd roll up to a boat and get a fresh beer or get some snacks and then he'd go Perfect. back out and cruise around. That sounds like amazing. <laughs> yeah. I want paddleboard. I don't want to be in the raft with the kid and the dogs no. and the yeah. husband. I want. Oh, it, we were pretty beer, jealous of him too. The beer and the snacks. <laughs> just, yeah, you just, just paddle up. Snacks. He um, actually, he was sitting on that paddleboard and this guy can sleep anywhere, <laughs> but he's sitting on the paddleboard and he just kind of crossed his legs and put them out in front of him and just sat back and let his arms dangle and he passed out like, just he's, he can take naps anywhere. He wasn't drunk. He just, just fell asleep, asleep, and he was just drifting in a circle down the river. <laughs> <laughs> and for a second, they're like, "What is he doing?" And then we realized he had fallen asleep, taking a nap. Yeah, a little mid-morning nap. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I I can't imagine goals. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm just gonna say it. If I were to put a chair on a paddleboard and then <laughs> fall asleep. I would drown. I would fall out the chair, off the paddleboard, into the river. I'm gonna go with Rebecca on this. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. Need this a is lo- a guarantee for me. If oh, it's we a thought so too. Chair, yeah. You know, maybe I don't know. That was just a camp chair. It was a low camp chair. You know, this man is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's the get get lower to the ground. Let's just get a lounge chair. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to be too high up. And then the, we can, for the cup holders, we can insert the the paddle, the oar. And then that way when we fall asleep, it doesn't drop in. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. We're going to see if Maddie can fall asleep in a chair on a paddleboard down the river. (laughs) We're going to send her out tonight. I can do that. I can do that. But will it, will I live or what? You'll live for sure. (laughs) If not, it'll make a great podcast. (laughs) How I died. Thanks, Rebecca. Wow. I'll bring Brian in. He'll be my co-host. Crickets. Okay, guys. <laughs> guys, if this episode ever airs, I'm going to ask you not to listen to it. Okay? I don't want to implicate myself in anything that might happen later on. <laughs> she's laughing still. Yeah. And she's giving you that look like evil look. <laughs> 
So we know that you guys go during the summer. You said late season. The water's low. It's warm. So what, when is it late season typically? I know weather changes and, you know, but typically when would the best time be to go? Yeah, I, I think just the watercraft changes. Um, there's a very short season when rafts can go down because if the water's slow and the wind blows even a little bit, the raft just stops. And that actually happened to us the last time down. Um, we usually check the weather really carefully right before and um, it might not be something like you could rent a raft and go because you have to be prepared to just not go with rafts. But canoes can go, canoes, kayaks, they can go any season because they are a little more aerodynamic, so they just they boogie down the river. Um, I think canoes, like one year we had these guys, they were um, probably in their 60s, they were doing like 25 miles a day, so they do the White Cliffs in two days. Um, they could probably do it in a day if they if they push hard. Um, but with, with the rafts, you know, you, you kind of take your time, you're putzing along. Um, this last trip, we had the wind blowing pretty steady upstream for about three days. And so the rafts had a hard time. We had to turn the rafts around so we could get more power out of our strokes and just paddle for hours and hours. It was, it was fairly brutal. <laughs> like oh my, my arms felt dead by the end of it. And I, I was totally sick of the trip. <laughs> Good. I'm glad your arms felt dead and they were tired. Wow. And you were miserable. We really did take a turn for the worse here. I'm really happy that that, that was Well, I you. hope you fall off a paddleboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want our guests to fall off a paddleboard. So we're going to list all the tips from Brian, the uh, pro on our show notes at we'renodamexperts.com. Now, while you're doing the white, flit, white cliffs float and you see people jump off the rocks. Mm. That never happened on the white cliffs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you do any rock climbing along your float? You know, I would love to. Like, the cliffs look really inviting. Um, generally, like, with rock climbing, you go to established areas because, and this is true, like, anywhere you go, right? If you're in the forest or something, you see a cliff that looks pretty good. Um Usually that's pretty dangerous, so we stay away from that. And maybe because I'm in, involved in rock climbing, I understand more about the dangers as as you think about climbing and stuff. So I generally don't do a lot of like Alex Arnold like free soloing on on rotten okay. rock, you know. But there are some cool side hikes on the White Cliffs, like um, uh, Hole in the Wall is okay. a this terrific one and a half mile hike off the river um, to a this like I'm not sure it's like a sandstone precipice that kind of juts out towards the river and drops off on both sides. So at the top of it, it's no wider than like the five feet or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's wow. super thin. You can hike all around in there. It's just beautiful um, kind of things. We started calling the, the trip this year, we started calling it like the Moab of Montana because you have these big sandstone bluffs all around you. Yeah. Um, I didn't then, believe the photos. Like, I'm like, why are we yeah. sharing this with our followers, Rebecca? <laughs> this isn't Montana. Yeah. And it is. But it is. So. Yeah, it's super beautiful. It, it's crazy. You'll see bald eagles and deer. And um, if you float lower down through the um, the breaks country, you'll start seeing like elk and uh, uh, bighorn sheep and stuff. So that's actually on our, our bucket list for the coming years is to go to the next section down. A little bit lower. Yeah. It's, you know. Or upper. Yeah. It's lower, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, if you have any questions about rock climbing, you can see a link to the Highline Climbing Center in our show notes. If not, they're on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, and they're going to teach you how to do the blue route, which I did, or any <laughs> other routes. They have a rock climbing wall that's like a treadmill, too. So mm -hmm. awesome for people that are not fast. challenged enough by the <laughs> routes that continue to the ceiling. Yeah, your blue route's gone, by the way. <laughs> good, good. I championed it out. So we changed the, the routes every couple of weeks, and 
that wall's been gone for a while. We're going to need you to do some show me content. I'm not involved. We need a video of you saying, hey, I'm Brian from Highline Climbing Center, and this is how we decide a new route. This is the planning process that goes into it, the trials, and then you put your children on it. Um, (laughs) Not Hazel. I won't be a mean person like you guys are, but um, (laughs) just try that out, and then we can share it with our followers so they know the behind the scenes. Okay, yeah. The process, because it's not just random, like, oh, we didn't use this hole in a while. Let's just drill a blue route here. No, yep. there's some some thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. For we, those people that want to do rock climbing um, outside, where are some good areas closer to Great Falls? Um, the Little Belts has some good stuff. Yeah, um, there's a popular hike called Memorial Falls. Mm-hmm. And um, just near there, there's some good rock. So the same kind oh. of stuff that causes the waterfalls um, is actually pretty good to climb on. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we actually have a link to that on our website, so you can you can awesome. look up uh, local climbing areas there. You have pictures, or um, I don't know if I. I, I mean, we're going to give you I the camera. Pictures, yeah. Okay, we're, <laughs> we'll give you the camera again, and we can head out towards Memorial Falls because it's an awesome hike. Even if you don't want to climb it, um, mm-hmm. I love that area, and then you can give them to me, and I will. <laughs> I will tell people about it. So less work. It's a great idea, but it just creates a lot of work for me. You know, (laughs) the funny thing is, it's not really work. It's like you have to do this adventure that's amazing and fun, and you'll end up with these cool pictures of you doing it. But it's, oh, I have to do this. We we actually have dozens and dozens of photos, so I'll I'll look through them and stuff. Send them my way. Yeah, we got some good ones of uh, all of our kids trying to climb and stuff too. Yes. Okay. And if you are listening and you have awesome photos of Great Falls and the Base Camp area, you can hashtag it on Instagram at Best of Base Camp, and we'll make sure that we share it on our feed. Brian, thanks so much for hanging out with us, sharing your stories, telling us all about the fun stuff you do out in the wilderness and at the gym or the center. We've had a blast. Maddie, maybe not as much. I know. I'm like, already found out how I'll be remembered. (laughs) We're going to do an entire memorial episode for you. Just one? There should just be an entire (laughs) podcast. But whatever. You know, I just, I'll I'll never go paddleboarding. If you have any questions, make sure to email me at information at at visitgreatfalls.org. Or you can just pick up your phone and call 406-761-4436. We hope you're creating amazing memories with your family. And until we see you here in Great Falls, we hope you're having a great time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We are no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town. Damn, that felt good. On the next episode of War No Dam Experts, Rebecca and Maddie have the Great Falls Director of Fishing in the studio. This is one you won't want to miss. War No Dam Experts is produced by Great Falls Montana Tourism with original music by the best damn musician, Joel Corda.